The following podcast is a production of Hardly Awesome Studios in association with the network. Find us at BICBP-radio.com. Everybody, welcome back to Cardboard Cave. I'm feigning excitement right now, but it's not like you don't know it's been August to say September, October. Oh my gosh, it's like three and a half months. <laughs> I didn't realize it's been that long. It's been like three and a half months since I've been here. But hey, I'm back for a fun episode with a lascivious, lascivious, a lascivious topic. Is that the word? I think that's the word. <laughs> I'm here with special returning guest, Gobby Moraga. Hey, I've been a big fan ever since the last episode. Yeah, really, the the last two episodes, well, this episode, I'm assuming in the last episode, have definitely been the best episodes. <clears throat> what was the last episode? Uh, you. <laughs> I, I, I don't That's think not. I did another one since then. <laughs> um, I don't think so. I don't. Yeah, anyways. Yeah. What, what was I'm the here. last episode? Now I'm wondering. I'm I'm like I'm some people may call me the podcast mess. I'm here to resurrect your podcast, Trevor. It was you. It was the top ten two player games, which by the way was a much, much better topic than we have this time. Uh Bigabi, the podcast uh, has been lying in wait for three months now, uh, fermenting, <laughs> getting better. So you're ready to go. Growing mold. I have to be honest. Um it has a smell. I wasn't in any particular hurry to put out an episode. <clears throat> I was at one point. All right, here's some dark truth. Uh, I don't feel like I really play games anymore, and I'm really bitter about it. <laughs> and so I, I tell my wife that occasionally because, you know, everybody likes to complain and hear people, you know, make them feel better. Love it. Yeah. So my wife, usually she says, uh, honey, we play games. Just, you know, it's a little tricky right now. We'll, we play games. You know, and I, as I walk down and wipe, literally wipe co- cobwebs off of my games sometimes. Um, Blow the dust and, off of them. Right. And we play uh, my sister-in-law, Kelby, and her husband. Uh, when they come over, we'll usually play a game, but that's few and far between. But otherwise, even two-player games, we just haven't made time. It just doesn't happen. I blame myself mostly. But anyways, she usually she, she encourages me. Yeah, we'll play games. It's just a little slow right now. But she actually told me yesterday when I complained about it's not like we I, <laughs> I said the words it's not like we play games anyways or something smart aleck like that and she said well yeah probably not as long as we have a two year old like oh Uh-oh. oh okay so now she's just admitting it, three just admitting it um, get a babysitter but, <laughs> you have TV don't you just sit them in front of the TV you're good to go yeah we're gonna have to start being a little bit worse parents just so we have some <laughs> enjoyment honestly that's what <laughs> iPads are for he he would love that like. Uh, we started this annoying thing where we don't just sit them in front of a screen. And I think there's, there's always a price you pay for these decisions. And the price is I'm going crazy because I don't get to enjoy my hobbies anymore. (laughs) Um, uh, Gobby, I think people probably remember from last episode, three and a half months ago, but you're from the board game snobs, which is a great board game podcast. And I probably already said this, 
But if you enjoy, if you're listening to this, you probably came from Retro Blist, our Mind Johnny's video game podcast. If you like Retro Blist, and but you like better production values and mm, assemble it some more professionalism, you're really going to love board game snobs. Um, and if I call board game snobs professional, you know that tells you something about Retro Blist. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. Uh, we are pros. But I do love uh, I do love board game snobs, and there's zero chance you won't enjoy it if, if you like Retro Blist and you care. I don't even know if you have to care about board games, honestly, because my wife enjoys it, and she doesn't. <laughs> no, so, we rarely talk about board games. Yeah. It's just, just a little bit at the end. We'll pepper it in a little bit at the end. You know what's funny is I know I discovered y'all because the way I discover every podcast, and I guess most people aren't like me because I keep hoping people will find podcasts I do this way, but they don't, I don't think. But I'll be interested. I'll obsess about something. So I'm obsessing about a certain board game, and I'm sure that's how I found y'all. Um, but the funny thing is now I kind of get disappointed if you spend too long talking about a board game. <laughs> what board game was it? Do you remember? That's what I was trying to remember. It. Did you cover Underwater Cities? Because that would have been a couple years ago. Yeah. It could have been that one because I really obsessed about that. And that's mm. probably was a couple years ago. Um, so why are you persisting in your podcast? If you're having, you're having a hard time getting back to oh, it. Oh, I think I think I was that's that was the point. Thank you. Honestly, the reason I'm persisting today is because you reached out to me and said, "Hey, we should record a podcast again." <laughs> I need to talk some more. Yeah, like you, you're the reason this is happening. Like I was just like, <laughs> literally two month, two two months ago. I'm like, I need to put out an episode. What do I want to do? What do I want to do? And I'm like, I've not played any games. I'm not going to be a poser and put out a podcast where it's just me talking and I'm not playing any games. <laughs> so it's like, eh, whatever. Um, now we don't play a lot either because. Uh... Uh, Jerry's a healthcare hero. Healthcare hero. He don't have time. I've, I've been solo. I, no, I have not. I'm lying to you. I haven't been so. I, I have Raiders of Scythia set up on the table right now. Uh, uh, with me thinking I'm going to solo it, it's been set up all week. I have yet yeah. to play a solo game of it. I just, I, I think I'm going through a phase where, like you, well, no, you want to play, but I. Well, if unless I wanted someone to is enough, here, I would make it happen. yeah, I would make it happen. And I enjoy solo, but I guess not as much as most people that are really into solo gaming. Like they're just really into it. I enjoy doing it, but I much prefer yeah. playing with someone. And if someone's not here to play with, or that's kind of like Jerry wants to play, like that's the whole thing. We yeah. get together and it would set date and we play, but. I don't know. I'm, I'm much. It's much easier to turn on the old Xbox and yep. shoot some people in the head. That's the. And I, I don't want to put this on you, but for me, it's it's not just that we have a two year old. It's that, and I think probably a psychiatrist would call this depression. I don't really feel depressed, but I just am not really willing to put in the effort for a solo game, and I'm definitely not willing to put in the effort to invite people over I don't know. I want to play with my wife or people I know, and. I'm willing to learn the game still because I'm weird. I've always enjoyed learning the games, but I don't really want to put in the effort to find a game group. I just want to play with the people I know. So I can go months and months without playing a game because if, if we can't make it happen, then yeah. So well, I've, I, I, who, I only have Jerry and Enrique and my friend Deej. Charday plays with me every now and then, but the people that actually like, enjoy the games that I do. Like yeah. that's the three in my local area that will play. I mean, really? The, so it's, if it's not them, it's nobody. 
that, that that's kind of the problem I ran into because the way I've always done it, and I'm really lucky. Like a lot of people would kill. Like I was the guy that fell in love with board games before anybody knew what it was before it was even easy to figure out anything about it. And it was at a time when family members mostly were willing to try things out with me, but things changed. Like me and my brother, me and my brother, um, and his wife and one of our good friends, that was sort of our game group. But then, you know, they have kids and it just, you know, things fall off. So I don't know, there's, there's a up and a down about making your own game group. Cause the, the negative is I don't just have people who are willing to play games anytime because they have their own lives. Cause they're my family. They're my friends. Yeah. And, and when you do play, sometimes they're a little too comfortable just ignoring you and uh, like uh, talking over you while you try to explain a game. Um, so there's good and bad, but <laughs> yeah, this... I'm explaining the game <laughs> at this point. I do. There are some people in my life who are, kind of tangentially interested in board games because they maybe even checked out this podcast. So I gotta be careful what I say. Um, and they're interested, but it's 100% on me to, to pick a game. That's not going to be overwhelming to teach it and be very clear with the teaching. And even still it might, I, I tend to overestimate sometimes um, mm-hmm. and pick a game that's just too complex and it's stressful to me. So yeah, part of it is me probably being a little depressed, if I'm being honest. I just need to – it is so much easier to turn on the Switch, to turn on mm-hmm. Netflix. Um, yeah, you're totally right about that. Um, What's your have, brother's name? Is his name Travis or – Derek. Derek. Derek Johnny, and Trevor. Yeah, Derek's my brother, and Johnny is the one I do the other podcast with, and he was on one or two episodes of this. Um, and there's Where's a great Johnny? Th- Johnny's local. He's like 20 minutes from me. Did you say, where is he? Yeah. Yeah. He's local. He's like 20 minutes from me. And the thing is, yeah, like there's a great example. I don't know why it's so hard for me. My wife isn't some dictator. She doesn't tell me I can't have fun. Richard Tater. Sorry. Yeah. This is a family friendly show. (laughs) She's not a Richard potato. It's just that I feel guilty stopping by Johnny's house. I mean, I could stop by on the way to work. And I do occasionally, but when I do, we record retro bliss. So, and now that we're doing that every week, like I can't stop by twice a week and then just to play games, you know? So yeah, like even me and Johnny don't really play board games right now. So, and that's in my hands. I can do something about that. I need to stop complaining. I feel like a lot of people go through this though. And it's just, I think the key is to not feel guilty about it because at the end of the day, they're entertainment. Um, I just feel guilty because I feel like there's something wrong with me because I enjoy these games. I have three walls worth of them. So why am I not getting Good to play? Grief. Like, why am I not making it happen? Well, well, that's the same thing. Really I three mean, walls. It's, I guess it's two walls, but I, I, the same thing here, but I think it's a phase of the hobby, the hobby, big quotes, the hobby. The hobby. There's no, like there is no other hobby. There are no other hobbies. <laughs> Uh, it's a phase of board gaming hobby. You get in yeah. it, you go crazy, or at least I did, and I think most people tend to do the same. You buy, buy, buy. You watch all the YouTubes. You listen to all the podcasts. You browse the online stores at every moment, trying to trying to see hit the $100 mark. <laughs> see what's new, what's hot, filling up that basket to hundred dollars, and then yeah. and then you you know. It just kind of peters off. <laughs> yeah. At least it did for me. I'm like, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, of course, the pandemic didn't help. You know, where you can't no, even, definitely did not help. <laughs> you can't actually even get together 
And so then she's like, you know, oh yeah, well, hmm, I got a hundred games sitting here, and and I really, I'm like out of out of my room now. I'm like, I really could call ninety percent of these games. Yeah. I'm not joking. I would, without shedding a tear, without feeling an emotion, I would sell off seventy five. I'll go seventy five, but ninety might be accurate. I would sell off seventy five percent of my collection if I could sell them for even a third of what I paid for them. The problem is <laughs> oh, I don't no. go to conventions. So by the time you pay shipping, you're making nothing yeah, with no. most of these. And I've sold a few, but you know, it's, it's literally just the effort to do it, to make no money. It's the only reason I still have so many games. I got a closet but, full of games that we need to take to a convention to sell. Yeah. Cause yeah, you pay $14 for shipping. Exactly. And, nothing. And, and most of the games that I would sell, honestly, nobody's going to want anyways, because I did whole, cardboard cave about this i don't know if you heard it i'll I'll pretend that you listen sometimes for for my own benefit but um where it was the shelf of shame and i realized some of these games that i played for the first time have been on my shelf some of them were around 15 years (laughs) good lord and it's because there used to be these crazy sales do you remember tanga.com i don't think it's even around anymore okay I don't know what the deal with Tango was, but they would have like deals of the day. And it was usually a board game for some reason, like these games that at the time weren't just sold anywhere, you know? And so I would end up with them and they were really bad fits for me and for the people I play with. So they didn't get played. But anyways, those are the games I have to sell now games that nobody even knows about that nobody cares about or ever cared about. Um, so I'll, I'll probably never get rid of them unless I just throw them away. And part of my problem was there for a long time, I'd buy a game thinking, I would buy games for certain scenarios in yep. my head. That's what I always did. And it was always fantasy. <laughs> those just, scenarios yeah. never happened. <laughs> no, no. That's why. Yeah. Those games, even from Tango, I'm like, I don't know. Do I really want a game about, I don't know, great building the great wall of China. Like, Hmm, you know, maybe one day I'll have a kid and that'll be educational. I mean, that's a stupid example, but <laughs> you know, just, or well, you've had that kid. Yeah. That, and that was, that game was bought 15 years ago. And uh, did you anyways, ever play it? That's what I'm trying to remember. I don't think I have. No. And see, there's another one. I made the rookie mistake of buying a lot of games that were only like three to five players. And uh, for a long time, me and my wife were the only ones that played. So those just sat on the shelf collecting dust. And that's one of them. Um, and there's other ones that are just like, I realize that's just really not something my wife's going to be into. Or sometimes like, I'm not even into that. Um, but hey. I'm sure they'll all eventually get played. I'm sure because life is really long. It just goes on and on. And um, we have whittled ours down uh, somewhat. I'd say the longest one that we have not played is uh, the one we've had the longest we have not played is Archipelago, and it's it is a I think it's a three player minimum. Yeah, I think I looked into that. <clears throat> yeah, looking around now, it's not as bad as it was. Um, but there's still well. Yokohama is still on the shrink and you try to get me to play that online and I should do it. That's a good one. Uh, I'm, I'm holding on to that one though. I'm, there are some, I'm weird. There are some games that I've not even cracked open because I got them when I knew that it's never going to get cheaper than this. And I know for a fact I want it. And that's one of them. Like, I don't feel guilty about that because I am actually excited about that game. It's just <laughs> when the time is right, which seems to take longer than I ever think it will. But, but Gobby, I did want to bring up one thing. Oh, before I get into negative territory, I have played a couple of games since last time I recorded. The only one I think I want to talk about, 
Have you played Monster Expedition? It's a little small box dice game from Alexander Pfister. No. It looks like that Monster Hunter game on Switch. It's really popular, but it's... Oh, yeah. It, it, it's I've only played it solo, and it's honestly really fun. And it's fun because the setup is like nothing. You like set out three cards, some dice, and then shuffle two decks, and I think that's it. Oh, that's my type of game. Um, And I think it would be fun multiplayer, but it's legitimately... If you enjoy, um, it almost feels like an arcade game. I don't know how to put it, but you're basically chucking dice, trying to capture these monsters, but there's a big push your luck element. Like I, I just, I feel like I can do better. And if I just get this one thing, it'll make the turn really awesome. But if you stop now, you know, you can lock things in. Um, it's a fun game. I think it's not doing so hot because it, the box cover is not exciting, um, but it's fun. And the art is actually really beautiful on the cards. The the monsters are very fantastical. Like uh, I think my wife would enjoy the art. For example, it's not gory. It's um, it reminds me of Abyss almost as far as the art just being very. I don't know. It's not that good, but it's good. Um, the it reminds me of the art. I know you didn't care for that game Abyss, but the art was very fantastical. Oh yeah. But anyways, yeah, I recommend that. And also, I almost hate to talk about this one, but my brother, uh, he Derek. Has a, my brother Derek. Yep. Yeah. He has a good. He has a, a shelf of games himself, um, and he gets to play them even less than I do because he has two kids. But he has Raw the Dice Game, and I remember he bought this years ago. Wrestling? Like WWE Raw? Oh, <laughs> Raw, R-A-Raw. Oh, Raw. <laughs> I could the tell Sun God. Or not. Yeah, the Sun God. No. So, have you ever played Raw the board game? Yes, that's like the bidding game. Yeah. Rainer Canizia. So I want to say I love that game, but it's been a decade since I played it. But it's still it's on my a, shelf. We and played I looked, it. It's and I liked it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how it holds up, but I am looking forward to playing it again. But he had Raw the Dice game, and I pulled it off the shelf and learned the rules for him because he had never played it. And uh, it was really fun. Like, it kind of sells itself short being called Raw the Dice game because it's, uh, it's a cool little game. Like, I would totally recommend it. And it's like, you know what? I don't have enough games. You know, I've only got like two walls full of games. I'm going to go ahead and pick up Raw the Dice game. It's got to be cheap now. And it sells for like 90 to to $100. It's good Lord for dice. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a medium sized box, many, but it's basically dice and a couple pieces. How of many dice are in there for $100? Well, no, that's, it was only like a $20 game when it came out. That's the problem. But people are just paying that for it now because it's out of print. Oh, idiots. Yeah. So I'm like, well. I actually felt guilty. I'm like, Derek, uh, maybe you should put this game away and you can sell it. Or sell it. Yeah. Just sell it. So it was really fun. And for 25 bucks, I would totally pick it up, but I would not pay $100 for it. No. That's but, uh, ridiculous. Yeah, it really is. I would. Th- there's too many people with too much money in this yeah. hobby. Yeah, I, I've sold things. And this is way off topic, but I've sold things board game-wise. And uh, I do collect some retro bo- video games, but I about can't anymore because there's idiots that are willing to pay ungodly amounts of money um my favorite video game in the world is earthbound and i'll never own a legitimate copy of that game because people will pay literally three hundred dollars just for the cartridge itself just for the game was that an old n60 super nintendo super nintendo yeah so i mean it is over 20 i guess what i don't know 25 years old i mean so it's not do you have do you have the consoles or do you play like the I do still have simulator emulator, whatever that's called. I do still have all those consoles, but it's just 
like a lot of things, it becomes a lot of work to keep them all hooked up. So I kind of have a, like an all-in-one system now that you can plug all the games into. Um, Are you in your basement right now? Yes. Is that like your game room? Yeah, the basement. So when we got this house, so here's how I am. Here's how I guess my hobbies are almost transient. Like I feel like they could just leave anytime sometimes, which again, they say is a sign of depression, but I don't know. I just don't see it that way. But um, I depressed Trevor. I know I'm super depressed. Um, But before I I finish things off, if you know what I mean, uh, I did want to tell you. I got to stop that. My wife has got on me about that. I have to stop. (laughs) Okay. You Uh, need to seek medical help, medical professionals. Family family friendly podcast. Um, I would plan to sell. So I collect board games, old video games, some new games, mostly old ones. And I love Lego as well because I'm a totally cool guy. Um, And I plan to sell almost all of it because I thought we were going to get a house without a basement or any extra room. And we just so happened to get this house that has a very large finished basement. And so it's like a freaking shrine to all my stuff. <laughs> all your stuff that's going to someday be useless. It's going to turn to dust as I am. And wow. I think that's why I feel guilty sometimes. But anyways, yes. Uh, what was the original question? Oh, yeah. I have the old consoles. I have. Uh, I was just uh, I yeah. was admiring the space you have because I have we have a three bedroom house, but it's really like two bedrooms and an office. In this, I mean, it, it's it's sizable for a kid, but yeah, I've got this freaking huge four by six table that I want in here, <laughs> not knowing how large this beast was, and so the room was com- uh, very much smaller now that this big table's in here. So, but I've got my Xbox, I got my TV, I've got our games and the table, and this is my little setup. <laughs> In this room, first of all, yours is four by six. I'm pretty sure mine's just three by five, and it still takes up some room. Yeah, that's a reasonable <laughs> size. I, I, I did not know. Oh, I regret that. I regret it. But well, it actually comes in pretty handy because yeah. I have all the podcasting crap on one end of the table, and then we play on the other end of the table. Yeah. Well, there's some games, honestly, I've had to be tricky with to play on this three by five table. Yeah. Uh, Railways of the world, you just have to put all the tokens off. Even a... Uh, uh raccoon tycoon the deluxe edition i have to say i'm starting to get tired of all these deluxe editions just making everything bigger mm-hmm. like they make the cards bigger the boards bigger it's like i cannot set a four-player game of this on this three by five table this is ridiculous really yeah so i had to put the tokens off on a chair it might have been oh. a five-player game but still like like all the tokens had to be off on the chair because there wasn't room but 90 percent of games do fit and it's a good size but in this basement uh, by, the topic's really crappy, so that's why we're wasting all this time, by the way. Um, you chose it. I know. I, it's okay. So, no, I, it's I'll, a good one. I, I, have, yeah. I have a few things to say, so it, it'll be fine. Yeah, we'll get to it. It's it's fine. But I was going to say, this basement... <clears throat> we're going to keep him guessing about what it is until the last yeah. 10 minutes of the show. It's definitely not in the title. <laughs> uh, top five religions. I'll just go and spoil it. Um, <laughs> um, in this basement... The people who lived here before left behind bodies. A huge bodies and a huge uh, executive. I'm talking this thing cannot be moved. Executive hardwood desk that is massive. And that's what I'm recording on right now. And it just collects stuff. It cannot be moved. It will not fit off the doorway. It definitely won't fit up the steps. 
I don't understand. They must have built the basement around the desk, and I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I've looked at it. I don't see any way to take it apart. Um, I had a friend who worked Chainsaw. in prison. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm thinking about doing. A friend told me that he actually worked in a prison, and this is like a desk they use like in a prison. Like He said they have this exact one in the prison in the ward's desk? office. I didn't know there was such a thing as a prison desk. It's too heavy to steal. I don't they know strap if them down to it? Yeah. It's a prison desk. It's a, I'm not going to go there. But anyway, so, so what's that one in the old, the, the, the old days where they'd stretch people out? Yeah. I don't know what it's called, but yeah, this would work for that. Um, but he left this desk. He left a full sized regulation pool table. Good grief. I don't really play pool. So that is also piled with junk right now. Here, I'll show you. Oh God. The, the pool table would be, a, I've always thought pool. Good Lord. It's filled with junk right now. It's my eBay staging area because I try to sell stuff to justify buying stuff. But it's uh, a nice, spacious space you got there, though. It I'm really jealous. is. So I'm super. That's the thing. To get back to that for a second, I'm super, super lucky that I have people like family members who enjoy a lot of the things I do. I have the space. I have the stuff. And so that's why I just get so frustrated that I still go months and months and don't use any of it. Like it just seems so wrong yeah that that's why ultimately i think it comes down to me being a broken uh man but he left do you play the video games down there some i go through phases but i'll go months and barely play video games either like and then i think where did my time go what do i do and it's just a weird it's a weird complex i mean i work a lot but and then i feel guilty if i'm not spending time with my son but my son would have a better father if uh i would actually take time to just enjoy things too so um but yeah there's this desk there's a pool table then i have my board game table and there's a couch down here um so yeah there's not much room to run around in here but it is a big space <clears throat> but this did basement also you, has they tell you before, they, so oh good grief less. yeah did they tell you they left that there when they sold it or did you just discovered it it was in here when we looked at the house but i don't think at Roz they were going to leave it all or I, maybe I maybe I did, and I just didn't think about how big of a deal that was because my dad likes the pool table when he comes over, you know, a couple times a year. But I don't really play pool, so it's just kind of in my way. <laughs> I'm but, not a big pool guy. All my friends like pool, but I just yeah, it's fine for a game or two. Then I'm like, okay, what's next? I feel kind of like a snobby board gamer when I play pool because I'm like, I feel like there's even tabletop games that have improved upon this concept. <laughs> 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 like I actually I enjoy Crokinole and I'd rather play Crokinole. Yeah, this is a I dexterity mean, game. Yeah, it is just a dexterity game. Um but <clears throat> there is one thing I wanted to say, accuse you of even. Uh Me? I, I, yeah, I hold you personally responsible. <laughs> so Cardboard Cave is a show that has gone unnoticed and nobody's really cared about since it's come out, which for good reason. But I had eight reviews one of them was me and one of them was the one that i made under my wife's name um there was eight ratings and it never changed like it got to eight or no sorry seven because then you added one seven ratings and it never changed for months and months and months and then you very kindly left a review and i appreciate that but then right after you were on i got another rating and every rating has been five stars and then i got a one-star rating <laughs> uh-oh so I think Your first happened, one star you've made it. And what makes me mad is I would, and this is how weird I am. I would genuinely enjoy 
reading what they had to say, but they never leave a review when no, it's one star. No. <clears throat> so my theory is somebody who listens to board game snobs checked out this podcast because you were on it. And they're like, this is crap. One star. <laughs> well, surely not the episode I was on. They must have listened to one without. No, exactly. Yeah, they checked it out because yeah. they knew you were going to be on it. <laughs> and uh, they didn't go back and revise the rating once you were on it. That's the no, problem. They're like, oh, okay. It's improving <laughs> yeah. on, that, on that last episode. But oh, that, there's a, we have. Uh, yeah, we have several one star ratings and only <laughs> one person has ever said anything. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Let's see, I forget what he said. But no, the ones that leave one stars don't say anything. This yeah. guy said, "Where is it?" The filmer, the filmmaker X said, "Pretty unbearable to listen to." <laughs> Not for me. One star. I'm what like, the- okay, I get. But this is my thing, and it, it, this is the problem with. Uh, I guess the expectations that most podcasts, especially board gaming podcasts, put out is that there's a certain format. Yeah. And it, generally it is the, all right, what'd you do this week? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> do that for 10 minutes. Then, <laughs> oh, well, what'd you play this week? Discuss that for 20 minutes. And then, like, either a big game review or some sort of topic. Like, that's a right. standard format. I'm assuming Dice Tower probably set that up in the first place. I don't know, like whoever the first yeah. board game podcast was, and then all the others follow. And so, <laughs> if 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 people come to our podcast expecting lots of board game talk, then I would be upset too if that's what I was like. But why would oh, you yeah, be upset? True. Why would no, you? Yeah, upset? just move on. Just oh wow, that's weird. Them guys suck. Like <laughs> yeah. move on. You don't have to be so upset about it. That's what I'm thinking, like. It is so hard to get people to leave a review because it, it takes effort. What oh, kind you of, gotta constantly. You have to oh, yeah. constantly ask for it. So what kind of person does it take to listen to one episode of a podcast and take time out of their day to leave a one-star <laughs> review? <laughs> you know what? I listen to the show, and it sucks, and I'm angry about it, and I'm going to yeah. let you know. Yeah. But they didn't it, let you know because they just left a one-star review. Right. Like, there, there's nothing you can improve. I We're not charging feedback. for it. Nobody's paying for this. I mean, anyways. Like pretty unbearable to listen to. Okay. But what particularly, what didn't you like? Was it just the fact that we talk about anything and everything in the world and you were expecting games? Like that's not, that's not any criticism I can do anything with. More than likely. Not that we we would anyway. Exactly. Yeah. More than likely it was somebody who was, who found you like I did, but they couldn't handle the fact that you pooed on their game because y'all poo on probably 75% of games you play. Hey, now that I'm, handle look, it. I'm looking at your Zoom, your Zoom name says oh, uh, the Filmmaker X. That's it a coincidence. With you. Y'all are just way too harsh on Everdell. No, you liked Everdell, didn't you? Uh, at the no, time of the, the last time we recorded, uh, I think we liked. No, I wasn't too crazy about it. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And Jerry surprised me. He actually enjoyed it. No, I, I can't remember if I mentioned Everdale on this podcast, but I, yeah, I did a whole podcast on it. My God, it's been so long. I couldn't remember. Yeah, you like Everdale. Yeah. I, I liked Everdale, and I might have been too generous to it because I expected to be a grump about it. I expected to be like, oh, so overrated. Everybody, blah, blah, blah. But, oh, I actually liked the game. But speaking of droning on about nothing, what you've been doing, which is what we've been doing since it started. I, I, I had two games I was going to discuss. Oh, yeah, as for the quote-unquote list? No, just oh, oh, randomly. Oh. Well. That I haven't that. I haven't mentioned on our show because we forget about it. 
I played that game that everybody's raving about, that Regicide. Regicide. I'm out of the loop. I'm not sure what that is. I'm going to look it up while you talk. You can literally just take a 52-card deck and play it. Oh, but wow. It is, it's very good. It's a cooperative game. Your kings, your queens, and your jacks are who you're fighting against. And they have a certain amount of health points depending on their rank, and they have a certain amount of hit points. So the cards you play are the hit points. If you play seven, that's seven hit points. Now, depending on the suit, it might double that. I think the clubs double the hit points. So if you play a seven, it's actually 14. And then uh, like the spades. So when you're done doling out damage, then the kings, queens, and jacks, they go in reverse order. You start with jacks, then queens, then you're fighting the kings last. Then the jacks will return the hit points. And I think their hit points, they return or they increase. It's like jacks are 10, queens is 20, and then kings are 30. So I'll play my hit points upon the jack. If I don't kill him, then he's going to re- return the hit points. So he'll put hit, 10 hit points on me, say. Well, then I had to discard from my hand of, I, f- I forget how many cards it changes with players, I think. Let's just say eight cards. I have eight cards in my hand. I know that's for the solo. If he has 10 hit points, I have to discard basically 10 points worth of uh, stuff from my hand. So like a, a seven and a three or whatever. <laughs> so you discard that. And if you run out of cards, you lose. Huh. Like that's the game. It is a super simple, but it's very clever. There's an app for it that helps you remember all the suits and it does all the, the adding and subtracting for you as well. Uh, the aces, they're a little bit different. They, uh, will change the game up a little bit. And also depending on player count, the jokers change a player count. So like if you're attacking a Jack of spades, well, the spades are your shield. So generally if they're, when the suit that you're attacking, like the queen is returning fire upon me. If I have a shield, a spade of 10, then it subtracts 10 from the amount of damage I take. So if she's attacking huh. me with 20 damage, it would only be 10 damage with a spade. It, it's, huh. it, 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 I'm probably making it sound more convoluted than it is. It's a very simple, but I like the fact that like I have these Star Wars decks and it has like Darth Vader and them as the kings and queens and stuff. You can play it with a 52 regular deck of cards and it's very good called Regicide. You can download the rules on the internet. So do they make a like an official published version of it or is it just a yes. download? Okay. No, yeah, they have it, up, a, it does have cool art, it looks like. They have an official deck, but literally, I mean, I, I prefer deck. my Star Wars cards over the deck they have. The deck they have is more fantasy focused. So you just and, have like a deck of Star Wars themed cards that have nothing to do with the game and use those. Yeah, like uh, cool. it just has like Darth Vader's like on the Kings and yeah. Anakin and like that type of stuff. Okay, that's exciting <laughs> for two reasons. The stupid reason being I've always liked these things. Like I, love, I grew up loving Legend of Zelda, so I have a Legend of Zelda deck of cards, but we don't really play regular cards much. So to actually have a game game to play with them is cool. But also, I can't believe I've not thought of this, or somebody else hasn't thought of this. Like, yeah, they basically made a, a battle game. Yes. Taking hey, I, RPG mechanics with a 52-card deck. I mean, that just makes so much sense. Yeah, it's like, it's like yeah, you're taking them hit points, and it's just subtracted from you, or you subtract from them. And it's just, I played it uh, with some three, uh, two other friends. We played a three-player game, and I played it solo. And 
I have yet to beat it. We have yet to beat it, but it is very, it's a lot of fun with just a deck of cards. Regicide. According to Board Game Geek, it works with one to four fine too. Huh. So a lot, a lot of times, you know, a, a card game is not great with two or not great with four or whatever, but cool. Well, they have things to make it scale as well. But, yeah. Uh, I think the more players you got, just the less cards you have in your hand. But uh, I'm going to literally print the rules off as soon as we hang up. That sounds great. And download the app. It can help you as well. Okay. <laughs> Here's a Twin Peaks retheme, an Asterix retheme. There's all kinds of rethemes. And the other one I played is a social deduction game that uh, we I saw Space Biff, Dan Thoreau write about called Scapegoat. And we played it, not me and Jerry, me and some family. And I did not like it. I did not like it. You You hand out all these sheets to everybody. And according to everybody's sheet, but one person, one person is going to be the traitor that's not the term the gang uses but that's you yeah know, basically scapegoat. It. the scapegoat yes <laughs> yes oh to be smart so everyone college. everyone has the same person it like we all know that bob over here is the scapegoat but you don't know that because if you're the scapegoat your card says Derek over here is the scapegoat. So like all the cards say one thing except oh. the one person. <laughs> but you don't know if that's you or not. <laughs> so you don't know if you are the scapegoat the whole time. Oh. And then it, you're supposedly through card play, you can figure it out, but not really, at least in the game that we played. Yeah. So like uh, to accuse somebody, you have to have their color card in your hand. They're all color coded. So if you see people picking up a bunch of red cards and you're red, you're thinking, oh, they're uh, they're fixing to accuse me because you have to have that color card in your hand to accuse. And then everybody has to agree and play the same colored card. And if they don't, if they don't all agree, but you realize, oh, the majority were coming at me, well, then the scapegoat can run to the cops and still win the game. Okay. It, I, I just didn't like it. Like It didn't flow well, and there wasn't – it was hard to communicate and it was hard to like be subtle about who is what. Yeah. And in our game, we all pretty quickly knew, okay, yeah, no, it's not me. It was my sister-in-law. She was the scapegoat. And she knew pretty quickly too, that she was a scapegoat. It just didn't work. It just didn't work for whatever reason. And I was wondering if it would be better with people that actually do game more often like yeah. you don't know like what to play and how to look at people and all that stuff, you, you know, yeah. it's more gamified. And I want, we played like the full complement of, I think it goes up to six. I wondered like in a three player game, like if that would be more cutthroat, like me, Jerry and Enrique just looking at each other and trying to figure it out. I, I want to play it one more time, but the first time it really fell flat for me and I was really looking forward to it because I love social deduction games and this one just kind of sucked. Well, according to Board Game Geek, it shines with four and five players, not so much with three. And yeah, six that's, is okay. <laughs> that's what I've heard. But, but yeah, I didn't care for Scapegoat. I found with all these social deduction games, there's a couple that I thought are super cool, and I'll get one or two exciting plays out of them, and then I'm not, I'm kind of good. I don't need to play them again. Like, I think the last one, and this is old, I know, but it's still on my shelf because it is a good game, but Spyfall, 
you've probably played that at some point. Oh yeah. Um, I don't like that one. Like I, th- I thought it was just so different and clever the first couple times, but then I'm like, I'm good. It's kind of like a surprise ending <laughs> to a movie. Yeah. Like you don't really need it anymore, but I don't like the pressure of, and that one though, you know, you're the weirdo and it, yeah. you have the pressure of, is it, uh, I've got to act like I know what everybody's talking about. That one's too much pressure for me. You know, what's probably a better version of Spyfall that you might enjoy because it's so goofy. Um, it's called a fake artist goes to New York. It's one of those, I think it's oink games, little Japanese games. Yeah. The thing is, you don't need to pay for the game. It's a pad of paper and different colored pencils is all it is. But it takes the idea of Spyfall, <laughs> except everyone gets a card that says what picture you're trying to draw. Like it might be an elephant. Ah, okay. Except one person says you're the fake artist. So you have no idea what you're drawing. And you take one sheet of paper and everybody has a different, like a color coded pencil. And you pass it around and you can only draw one line. Like when you pick your pencil up, you're done. You can draw it as long as you want to, but it's once you pick your pencil up, that's all you can do. And then you pass the paper to the next person and the next person. And so like, so you can put a little dash on there. Yeah. Yeah. Sell you out. Yeah. Then people will be like, Hey, why'd you do that? (laughs) Or it might be an elephant and here. You're drawing a square on its back and people, you know, call Uh, you out. But then it's hilarious because I just can't draw to save my life. And so every time I get accused, it's just because I can't draw. Um, so it's, it's pretty fun for an activity, but you know, games like that aren't, it doesn't scratch the gaming itch for me. It's just a fun thing to do with friends. Yeah. Party style games. So was that the main two you had? Those were the two I've played most recently. The, the other one that I've played quite a bit. Well, it's actually on my list. It doesn't really fit on the list, but it is. So I'll talk about it then. Um, and I think that I did play the village green, but I only played one. I played it once with just Anna, my wife. And I just don't remember much about it. It's a card game with really pretty artwork. It's got a kind of fun thing. It's like, uh, I think the tagline is, uh, pretty gardens and petty grudges. It's like takes place in, in the UK and people have their pretty gardens and garden parties, but they basically judge each other for the stupidest things. And so, like, you get points for having trees that are exactly the same height and just petty things like that. But at the end of the day, it's kind of a thinky little card game. Um, it's one of those that I don't think anybody's going to say that was my favorite game ever, but it's it's clever. It's just one of those games. That's the only way to describe it. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I, I think it's probably worth checking out because it's pretty cheap, but I don't remember enough about it to say much. What was the name? Uh, Village Green. Village Green never heard of it it's uh i'm out of the loop too i think it made a little bit of a buzz and it, probably because the artwork's really pretty and it, and it is neat it, i'm trying to think what to compare it to it makes me think of that uh arboretum but i don't think it's anywhere near arboretum was pretty thinky from what i remember oh yeah but uh it's not that thinky i love but arboretum it, arboretum's good i need to play that again it's been ages um we also played on our we had a beach trip in october uh, I played a couple rounds of Monster Expedition, and uh, we played Village Green. And then uh, we played. What was I that? Che- I, I want to check out this Monster Expedition. You kind of, you kind of. Yeah, I mean, it's on that one. it's not a. I mean, there's a lot of luck to it. You're rolling dice constantly, but for me, I it works like, well as a solo game for that reason. Yeah, well, that's why I like a good quick solo game. It's twenty bucks. Monsters, okay. There's monsters yeah, on board. That's I got good. it at uh, Barnes and Noble for twenty bucks. 
Yeah, it's twenty bucks on. Yeah. Well, it's fourteen dollars on miniature market. Yeah, yeah, I think it retails for twenty. So, Barnes and Noble, by the way, I don't know about where you live, but this is about the best place to get games now. Target has some too, but because I don't have any board game stores near me, and I mean, granted, I don't mind many <laughs> many games in the store, anyways. But as far as friendly local game stores, sadly, Barnes and Noble is about as good as it gets. Uh, no, I don't an have hour for me. But strangely enough, we have a game store like the closest one's 40 miles away yeah in this little podunk town and but they're still open for business and they have a pretty good selection but i don't ever go that way like we just because it's to go to dallas which is the opposite direction of this place like there's no reason to go that direction so like we always go to mckinney and it's the complete opposite direction so, and McKinney is like an hour and you know, 15 to 30 minutes, depending on what part of McKinney you want to get to. And so that's the nearest target and stuff too. So, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't have anything. I would say rough, within 50 miles, there's nothing around. Wow. So that's. You really do live. <clears throat> yeah. I always grew up saying I lived in the country, but it was 25 minutes to town, not, not an hour. <laughs> No, it's like so we do all of our shopping online because yeah. there are no local game stores. We well, are just head to the curve. I mean, that's pretty much all I've done for a while now. Uh, yeah, Monster Expedition. It says one to four players. Yeah, it plays great. It's one of those games that's just as good solo as it is multiplayer. In fact, I think probably solo or two or three players is probably where it's at. Just because you're you're going to be waiting longer for no benefit with a four player game. Exactly. Is it yeah. so? It, it it would be a co op then with more players. No, it's not a co-op. You're competing to capture the most monsters. It's oh. kind of like a dark Pokemon. <laughs> You're just trying to capture monsters. Um, Dang, and twenty six dollars uh, on Amazon. They must not have it. I hate the way the Amazon charges whatever they want to because it's not really them. <laughs> like it's it's a third party, but they make you think that's just what it costs. Yeah. And so I have to tell like my wife, you know, when it comes to Christmas gifts, like, hey, don't pay over thirty dollars for this, you know, because Amazon will. List it, and you think it's Amazon, but it's really not even Amazon. Well, that's an Alexander Fister. I like OA Fist. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's fourteen good. bucks I, is a bargain. That I've I can't never, believe it's that cheap. I've never heard of this guy. I don't think it mean nothing. Yeah, but it's twenty twenty. Like it should have been. Honestly, I never. I mean, that's one of the benefits of having a local store. I guess if it wasn't for Barnes and Noble, I literally. I, I was looking for an excuse to use my coupon. I had a coupon expiring. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, it's 20 bucks. Oh, Alexander Fister. Wow, that's interesting. I'm buying it right now. Yeah. Where are you getting it from? Uh, miniature market's the cheapest. <laughs> yeah. Even with shipping, that'll be probably 20 bucks. Yeah, they've got like $6 shipping. It's still going to be cheaper than Amazon. Yeah, I think you'll enjoy it as a solo game. I mean, it's worth it for that for me. It's uh, it's definitely $20 worth of components, too. The dice are nice. The cards are pretty. Um, but that being said, so I come to the conclusion, like you mentioned the dice tower earlier, that even like I've gone through phases, I used to enjoy listening to in-depth discussions about board games on podcasts and, but, but I don't know, it's got to the point where even like on the dice tower, I enjoy their top 10 list. I'm a sucker for a top 10 list. Um, if I listen to the board game snobs, I enjoy listening because I just enjoy listening to y'all. I mean, it's just how it is. So I'm like, well, if I have, you know, if I have you on, we could talk about whatever. I don't care. But if it's just me, 
I'm just going to do the part of the show I enjoy, and that's a list. <laughs> so I'm probably going to have some kind of a list or a topic for every episode. And basically, everyone's just going to be an excuse to talk about games that there's really no other reason to talk about them anymore. It's just an excuse. <clears throat> and I think that fits what I intended for the show from the beginning. Because um, I tried the whole thing where I just talked about, I reviewed a specific game, and I, I droned on for 45 minutes about all the rules and I just don't think that's interesting unless you specifically want to know everything about this specific game. But otherwise, why would you listen to that? <laughs> that makes it very, yeah, that makes it very game. Like, I don't like, I, I <laughs> be honest, I didn't use my words. No, I just, this, I, I start talking before I formulate a plan of a speech <laughs> pattern. Unless you have like these podcasts and that's why they do it where they list off you know five ten fifteen games they've played and then you can earmark that and then oh someone of all you know lots of people are probably looking for at least one of those but if you make it like one game specific for a podcast i'm unless it is like the hotness yeah, yeah you're not going to get many hits on that like and that's the problem <laughs> like a lot of the things that me and jerry play we get to them way late you know when most people oh do. yeah and so, <laughs> i pull games off my shelf that are 10 years old like i'm gonna get any clicks on that <laughs> yeah yeah you're, I, I, even like riverboat though like i know yeah. riverboat's like one of your favorite games out and i told jerry because we just played it the other day and i was like this game looks and feels like a super old game and yeah, it's like it 2017 yeah and nobody, nobody's looking for Riverboat. Nope. Nobody. A, it's just, it's a theme that's kind of niche. Uh, it's super Euro, and it just never was a big game, period. Nope. It's a good, solid game, but nobody's looking for Riverboat. So if you were to title your podcast Riverboat, like, just get ready for no clicks, because yep. nobody cares. Nope. Like the first episode I did was Wingspan, I guess. And it just happened that way. But then I did Azul, which was years after it was super popular. Like nobody wants to listen to a full episode about Azul now. Then yeah. episode five was Last Wheel. That game is probably over 10 years old now. <laughs> um, Grand Austria Hotel. Santa Monica, which I think is a cool game. Did y'all talk about Santa Monica? Or I'd imagine that. No, I don't think yeah. we've ever played it. I've never played it at least. It's one of those games that's pretty unpleasant. So it's great for playing with like, in a kind of a lot setting, like with your family or your wife or whatever. But like, I don't know if you and Jerry would get everything you need out of it, but I think it's a cool game. Uh, did an episode on Santa Maria, which was also a Euro game, several <laughs> years old. <laughs> Newsford, which nobody talks about Newsford, even though I think it's great. No. Uh, anyways. So, but I do enjoy, I mean, I'll, I'll watch lists and top fives on stuff. I don't even care that much about. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that is. That's just everybody yeah. though. Like I'm just, like, I love top. Give me your list of whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And now, yes. that, and now that it's the end of the year and you're getting all kinds of top 10 oh, yeah. lists of the year and top 10 most tweeted about movies and <laughs> TV shows and all that stuff. I'm a sucker for it all. So you oh, need to yeah. put this a top five something. We kind of, uh, just put, we discussed top fives. And that'll get lots of clicks. It kind of makes me wish I'd just done that from the start and even named the show like top five cardboard or something <laughs> stupid like that. <laughs> top five meeple. Um, but this time <laughs> we're doing 
top five games with weird boxes. I don't have five. Just and saying. That's five. This is your top five. This is my top five. I didn't even tell you it was going to be a top five until I decided that two days ago. Um, and the idea here is just games that come in boxes that aren't what you would expect. And what I learned about this, I'll say up front, because I totally, whenever I do these lists, I only pick games I really have played, which for me means they're in my collection. Because again, I have a huge collection. The reason I have a huge, I can't talk either a huge collection is because if I want to play a game, I got to buy. I'm not part of any group. I don't have any friends that are really buying these games. Um, So I look through my shelves and I'm like, you know what? Almost every one of my games are just in a boring expected box. But I picked out five that are boxes that are shaped weird or sized weird or both. And that's just an excuse to talk about the games. And I will say, <laughs> I ordered my list starting with the least weird to what I consider the most unusual box. Not necessarily on how good the game is, but based on the box itself. So that's what I did. How many did you have you wanted to talk about? Uh, not like three. Okay. But in mine is mostly like genres, kind of. If I... Uh, so like card games, like games that yeah. are heavily card games. So I'll, I'll start then. With, okay. <laughs> this good. isn't, this is no particular order, but like Machi Koro. I remember getting that game. We don't own it anymore because it's awful, but we played <laughs> Machi Koro and it had come in this big box. Uh, yeah. And it's just a deck of cards in this big old box yeah. that, and they had this insert in there. I guess it was like a, they had to insert preparing in expectation of many expansions to come, which that drives me crazy too. Yeah. And so they had this <laughs> insert with just a ridiculously small amount of cards and a pair of dice or one die, whatever it's in it. And that's it. And it was like in this, you know, fully square box about, I don't even know, six, eight inches by whatever unnecessary. Yep. You know what it what it reminds me of, and and I know that I'm already irreproachably cool, and this is just going to make it more so. But I went through an anime phase, like in high school, and with anime, they were super expensive. It was like thirty dollars for one DVD. There would be five episodes if you were lucky, a one DVD, and they would put it in a box that was big enough to hold all six DVDs in this series. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of like and uh, sort of honorable mention for me. I'll bring it up since you mentioned that. I was thinking about Splendor when I got Splendor and everybody talked that about too. this. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I might, I might be running your list then, but no, it's a, I just had it down. Cause it's the same yeah. thing. Just cards. It's it's cards and a stack of nice poker chips, but it could be in literally a, a fifth of the, a sixth of the size of a box. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah. I wonder if like, if it's just as cheap or if that's like a standard, setting like is it cheaper yeah. to put them in these boxes or? i've heard i've heard different reasons one was literally just shelf presence like so your game stands out and it looks like there's more to it that i mean makes I'll, sense. I'll be honest i don't buy well i mean i have quite a few 
But as far as walking to a store and seeing a card game and being excited, I like a game that looks like a board game. You know, <laughs> I prefer that. I bet that's it. Like, oh, yeah. if you know it's just a deck of cards, you're not going to be like, oh, cool. Yeah. That's like Teach You. Teach You comes in a, like, it's literally just a box big enough to cover the cards in. And uh, I have yet to open it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I've got, what I actually did, because I wasn't playing any of my card games, and I realized this years ago, I don't play any of my little cheap, flimsy box card games. So I've got these photo boxes, which are pretty cool. And you can feel like 12 of them in a big box. And they're they're meant to store four by six photos, like a stack of photos. And they're perfect size for a, a most card games. But still, they sit in my drawer and I don't play them because they don't pop out on the shelf at you. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, my number five is uh, probably actually maybe the best game on my list, but it's the least weird box. And it's exactly the opposite of what you're talking about. And that's Red Cathedral. Because Red Cathedral, you know, you're used to a game of a certain weight, of a certain rules, a certain number of pieces, being in a box that's shaped like the ticket to ride size box, the, the square box. Um, but Red Cathedral's in a box, honestly, a quarter of the size. I mean, probably, if, if you, you could probably put four of these or close to it in a ticket to ride size box. Yeah. You know, if, if, you know, you might have to cut some corners, but, but there's a lot of game in there and it fits. It doesn't really need a bigger box, but it's just surprising because you got this, um, this medium weight Euro game with uh, a variety of different resources, everything you would expect in a Euro game. And it comes in this box. It's almost like a, <laughs> it's a smaller than a Splendor box. I, I did I actually thought about doing an episode on Red Cathedral at some point. Um, but I'll just say that it's one I've definitely enjoyed, and I know you and Jerry have talked about it too. Um, I have a hard time explaining what it is. I mean, it, I always want to say it's just worker placement, and it is, but your workers are dice, but you don't even own the dice. The dice are just community dice. And it's not a dice rolling game either, though. It's not like you roll the dice, but not in a way to collect resources or anything. It's just part of how it works. But it's got a rondelle. It's got worker placement. It's got resource collection. I think it's action selection, I guess. Yeah, Based upon yeah. that rondelle, it would be action right. selection. Action selection, yeah. And the number on the dice decides basically how far... You know, it's not even that long anymore. I have enough time. It basically determines what you get to select. <laughs> um, and you can do things to move further or less. But it just works really well. Um, and for some reason, and the reason I made this list, I think I actually like it better because of the small box because it kind of makes it unassuming. Like you pull it off the shelf and I feel like people will be less overwhelmed because yeah. it's got this pretty small box. Then you dump it out and there's actually quite a bit to it. But I did try it solo and it mm. worked. And there's not a thing wrong with it, but I probably won't play it solo again. It's just... The solo from what I discovered myself and what I have read online it's way too dependent on how those cards are laid out. Yeah. That makes sense. Cause, cause like mine was a, fortunately the way it did it, there was a, the, the AI wasn't able to get things in the, his ducks in a row at the right time, which is good for me. But 
Like if you lay those cards out in a fortune, I mean, you just randomly lay them out there and do the actions according to those cards. And if they're in this particular order, man, that wrestler is going to just bam, 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 yeah. score. Yeah. It's one of those cases where they had to come up with a way to do it. And there's, I guess there's only a couple of ways to do a multiplayer solo game or a multiplayer game and make it solo. And one way is to create artificial intelligence. And they did it with a simple deck of cards, but that determines everything. Like you're saying, like it's either gonna be really easy or really hard, depending on how that comes out. But for a two to four player game, I've only played it two players so far, but I think it's it's well worth checking out. Oh yeah, uh, we, we we loved Red Cathedral. It's also very. I always think about how pretty it is, and then I think about it. There's not that much art you really see in the game, but it's still really pretty. I like the way the board looks. I like the. I don't know. It just looks. Jerry pretty. pointed out the art, and I was like, I didn't even notice it. But upon <laughs> him pointing it out, and then me looking, I'm like, yeah, it's pretty nice. Yeah. So I highly just, recommend I, it. Yeah. I would say it's subtle art because, like, yeah, it's not these bright colors that pop out and hit you or nothing. But because I literally didn't even notice, I literally, and they're just the seasons. I think, right? Yeah, like, it's just the seasons on the board. I mean, honestly, the theme. If I had one disappointment, the theme is is more than meaningless. <laughs> like yeah. it means nothing. Um, so you just have to be okay with that. Because I'm not one of these people that think that all Euro games where the theme means nothing. I mean. Riverboat could be about anything, but I enjoy the fact that it has riverboats in it. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it's basically a farming game. But this one has the thing means nothing. But I think if you can handle games like uh I don't know, just medium weight Euro games, I think it's a good pick. Um, I'll go and do another one since uh so you don't run out right away. My go number ahead. four game with the odd box was one that's sort of been a bane of my shelf for a long time. But I enjoy the game. It's called Yahtzee Free-For-All. And this is a 2008 mass-market Yahtzee game, but it was designed by Richard Borg of Memoir 44 and Battle Lore fame. Um, and it's a good little version of Yahtzee. I mean, it's Yahtzee, but it's twice as good as regular Yahtzee. Um I should have grabbed some of these off the shelf to show you, not that anybody else can see them, but Yahtzee free-for-all, the box is shaped like a, I guess it'd be a hexagon. Yeah, hexagon. And the lid is a hexagon, but when you take the lid off, the board flops open, like a, sort of like octopus. (laughs) It flops open and there's different, like, sections of the board. The problem is it's really annoying to put back together. Um, But, it works really well. The way it works is there's three cards in the middle of this board that you're trying to collect by getting the matching symbols. You roll it just like Yahtzee. You get three rolls just like Yahtzee, but you're claiming these cards. But then when somebody else goes, they can claim one of the three cards. Or if they can beat what you did before you bank it, before it gets back to you, they steal your card. So... To, to just get the card, you just have to roll it. Like if it's uh, uh, two pairs, you know. But if somebody else gets two better pairs, or if it's three of a kind and somebody else gets three of a kind of a higher number, that kind of thing. Um, a better full house. You know, it's pretty much got all the Yahtzee sets in it. They can steal it. And also it's got this chip mechanism. There's these little weird looking chips. <laughs> I don't know how to explain them. But if you don't get anything, you put a chip on each card in the middle of the table. And so, like, say there's a Yahtzee card where you have to roll all, is it five or six dice of the same kind? 
that can get a stack of chips on it because people keep it just stays there and stays there. And so if you get that card, you not only get the points on the card, but you get a point per chip. Um, and it's simple. Like there's not much else to it, but I have good memories of this game because it's one that I enjoyed every time I played it. And my mom and dad would play with me. No questions asked. And they were not gamers. Um, it's, it's one I probably wouldn't hunt it down if you're a gamer, but if you found it on the shelf um, and you have family who don't really like to play, you know, Euro games and things, it's, it's a good one to check out because it's much more fun than regular Yahtzee, but it still feels like Yahtzee. But it actually is a kind of terrible shape. It's really annoying to put back together. So it's number four because it's a really weird shape box, but a pretty fun game. Uh, Yahtzee's, I mean, it's, They've instituted that three, you got three rolls. Is y'all see three rolls? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's something else like in everything now. (laughs) It's a Yahtzee. It's a mechanism now. It is. Yeah. It's a mechanism. Yahtzee free for all used that mechanism to make a slightly better game. Basically. (laughs) Yeah. King of Tokyo is Yahtzee. It is. Yeah. Yahtzee with uh, monsters. Um, Uh, The game that a game that I thought of the cranial creations barrage the one by that group of designers it's a thin the box is pretty narrow like it's not a square it's a rectangle and it's just thin and fat oh yeah and they could have just widened it out so that all the stuff would fit in there and made it similar to reg you know the quote-unquote typical size box but they decided to make this one thinner but fatter and i don't understand that like i i would like the regulation size box and i feel they could have done that with this game we've taken the insert out of it because it has a bunch of crap we just bag everything up take the insert out and throw it in there and it is full it is full yeah but i feel like they could have made it a normal size more closer to you know like you say ticket to ride style box and it would have also worked but for whatever reason they chose to make barrage this is i'm trying to look at it It looks like it's four to five inches thick it is super thick but it's like very narrow it's like half the size on one side of a regular box i don't get it so you're saying like the I'm thinking you might be saying the opposite of what I'm thinking. Cause I have like, if I'm remembering right, the original power grid was a very flat box, but it was super tall and wide. I think a lot of freedom of thesis, freedom and good Lord. I can't say his name. That guy, a lot of his games were like flat boxes, but they were bigger, like a big flat uh, book. Yeah, is that how broad is or is it? No, it is like, if you're laying it flat on the table. Yeah from where it's sitting on the table to the top of the box is tall. But it's it's, Yeah, but it's narrow. If I had a camera working right now. That is weird. I didn't realize that. That's a game I'd like to play, but I had no idea it was a weird box like that. It's an amazing game. We love it, but the box is super weird. (laughs) Again, you have to wonder why unless it's just to stand out on the shelf. I don't know. I don't know. And the and it's just brown art the art isn't anything fantastic it's just brown but anyway huh well i'll go ahead and do so you pretty much have one more to talk about uh 
Yeah. I'll go and do two more in a row then. So number three is the Paco Games games. These are the ones that are literally the size of a, a the 25-cent packs of gum. They're just five sticks. Um, and they really are that size because I've Barnes & Noble actually had some, which is pretty cool. They <clears throat> he got them in there. But they're neat because they're so tiny, but also because they're cheap. Like they were six bucks at Barnes & Noble, which is really plenty for what they are. But I got a couple of them because it's not the end of the world if you get one that's not that good. And I think I ended up with, oh, Lord, probably seven or eight of them. And about half of them are good, if I'm being honest. But it is, it, it's cool because it reminds me of the old school days of like the, the Atari and the NES, where they had so little to work with, and then they tried to make a big game out of it. That's what this is, because it's just little tiny cards um for example there's one called bus and it's the whole game is the size of a pack of gum and you make roads out of the cards and the buses are cards and it's a pick up and deliver game and um it's not the greatest pick up and deliver game but it's a legit pick up and deliver game you can play start to finish and you can fit it in between two fingers i mean it's tiny there's one called Shh, which is a terrible name it's s h h h h but it's actually one of the better word games, one of the most fun word games I've played. I'm not a big fan of word games, but this is a cooperative one for two players. And it's really cool. You got like a hand of letters and it's sort of like deduction, trying to figure out what your partner needs. It's a cool little game. And so I think they're cool for that reason, because trying to see what he could come up with, with just no nothing, basically, component-wise. Um, so yeah, they're pretty cool. Uh, some of them are, kind of they feel like there's just not much there because there's not much there some of them are pretty surprising but they're definitely weird because i have a whole collection of like eight of them and they fit in the size of a a wallet basically so definitely tiny and then number two for me is an old game as in uh, a couple hundred years old i believe at this point and that's hanafuda or Koi Koi. They're called Hanafuda cards. And I really should have grabbed those. I'm going to do that. Um, while you're talking, I'm going to go grab them. But <laughs> a, you're talking about games I've never heard of before. Yes. Uh, Hanafuda is a, is a Japanese type of playing cards. They're called Hanafuda cards. And the reason they exist, I believe it was in the 1800s, they exist because feudal Japan, the emperor, outlawed western anything basically including western playing cards um anything that could be used to gamble with i guess and so these cards came out and they're really pretty they call them art cards they drew pictures on these little cards and the cards themselves are the size of dominoes like you know the game dominoes oh yeah uh, like, the, like the original like ticket to ride cards yeah, yeah. the small ones yes they're almost exactly that size but they're or the thick. viticulture cards yeah yeah exactly but they're thick and they like smack when you lay them on the table they're almost like carcassonne tile thickness mm. not quite that thick but i like that smack i like the smack it's so satisfying um but anyways obviously gambling halls and the yakuza bought these cards up in hordes because they were legal they were art cards even though they were being used to gamble with. But basically, it's a deck of 48 cards, and you can make gambling games out of them. Um, and that's the reason they were developed. But I love them because they're beautiful. 
and koi koi is my favorite game to play with them it's a it's a fishing game um there's really no easy way to explain it just look it up if you're interested but basically you've got a pool of cards that are face up and then you've got ones you're playing out of your hand to catch them with that's why it's called a fishing game it's a gambling game it's it's very like push your luck it's not you know super strategic but i'll enjoy it where did you hear about this game i think i heard about it because i'm a nintendo kid i grew up loving nintendo and nintendo got their start in the 1800s as a company making hanafuda cards they Mm. they actually sold these cards they started in a little office in uh i think it's osaka a little office nintendo and they started out making these cards and selling them to the yakuza and whoever else wanted to buy them uh, for gambling or for fun or for whatever um and then they started making toys and other things and eventually of course video games but uh so nintendo actually still to this day makes really high quality hanafuda cards um it's just something they do that most people don't know about because why would you i mean but um they still have that branch that makes the hanafuda cards and uh, I'm going to go grab some while you say something witty. <laughs> uh, you're leaving that to the wrong person. I see Trevor walking, I don't know, walking uh, uh, to, towards his large basement and he's going to grab some cards. Oh, it's a very quick trip. So I don't have to be witty at all. Like I'm just like said nothing so far. And you're Ugh. back. I'm back. I tell you, plantar fasciitis, neuropathy. I was wondering why you was walking weird. Yeah, you noticed. So I didn't make fun of you. (laughs) Good, good. No, listeners of Retro Bliss know all the details, but might as well just bring all the circles together. Uh, My feet are horribly shaped. They are, I'll show Gobby. They're like this, literally. The arches are like the McDonald's arches. Oh. Um, and I just always knew I had those, but I never thought much about it. I wore shoes out really quick. I've always, I wear shoes out like in three months. It's, re, it's horrible. So then I'm just wearing worn out shoes all the time because I'm not going to buy them. <laughs> um, but I finally had to go to the doctor about it. And he told me, yeah, your feet, your arch is ridiculous. And because of that, you've developed neuropathy and plantar fasciitis and it's only going to get worse. So Good grief. That's, that's my life now, 37 years old and sometimes it's okay and sometimes i walk around like a like a zombie so there's no uh like soul or anything you can put in so your shoe that's he sent me to get inserts 250 bucks these inserts were they you basically put your foot in a box and they pour foam around them to uh-huh. make these custom inserts and the guy who did this uh he does this for a living he's been doing it like 20 years and when i took my socks off and he saw my feet he's like oh my god <laughs> That's yeah. never good. <laughs> um, honestly, I think the ones I got, I'm not sure they fit right because they still hurt a little bit, but it's it's helped some. But huh. so at work, that's how I get around at work. I'm wearing these custom inserts. Um, but he said, yeah, there's no insert they sell on the market that's going to touch that. So I had to go get those. But so, yeah, that was just this year. This has been a great year. I've already talked about some of the other great things this year, but because um, I thought I was having gout flare ups. And he thinks, he said, I think you still are having gout flare-ups occasionally. <laughs> so I left, I went in with no diagnosis, uh, except my high blood pressure. And I left with three new diagnoses, uh, probable gout flare-ups, definite plantar fasciitis, a definite neuropathy. 
What is neuropathy? I don't guess I know what that it's, is. It's, see, whenever I've heard about it, to me, I associate it with diabetes because it's like the nerves, nerves oh. basically being damaged, nerve damage. Um, but come to find out, it doesn't have to be from poor blood flow or from diabetes. It can be, uh, in my case, the shape of my foot, I guess, just all those years of putting pressure down mm. on the wrong areas, basically. Uh, I think... As a nurse, I should probably have a better definition, but nerve pain is probably pain, basically. That's all that matters. It's painful, and it'll probably get more painful as I get older and age into obscurity. That <laughs> so, sucks. Yeah. Yeah, because it's it's hard to not use your feet. But but I, like, I can go on long walks. I, take, I try to take my son out for a walk every evening, and this is totally off topic, and that's fine. I try to take my son out for a walk every evening because it's healthy. And once I get going, I'm okay. But like after I've been sitting down and I get up, it's just terrible. You need um, to get some of them wheelie shoes that we can just skate around. Pop out. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. So at work um, or wear roller skates at work. How about that? That might work. Yeah. <laughs> so and I, I have a and I wear a fanny pack too. Oh yeah, yeah. Fanny and pack that, and roller skates and just be like super jazzed all the time. And I'm going to have like a camel pack with with my favorite beverage in it and a swirly <laughs> straw. There you go. So I work in the operating room, so I think this is really going to go over well. It will. Um, but I do shuffle at work like a zombie some days because by the end of the day, my feet are just so sore that I'm kind of shuffling because it's just less painful. And uh, people eventually stop asking. You know, at first, everybody asks, like, hey, what, did you hurt your foot? Did you hurt your foot? And I want to tell them, yeah, yeah, I broke my foot trying to, to wrestle a bear or trying to fix my car. I just have a freakishly shaped foot. And I'm dealing yep. with it, so leave me alone. There's no cool way to explain that. There's no really cool isn't. way. My, I, I really would like to see your foot in real life, but at the same time, I don't. <laughs> and I don't. I don't mean to shame you. It's just you know, I some. I, I have a friend. His 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 feet are so oddly shaped. <laughs> the the ball of his foot is like extraordinarily fat. <laughs> his toes do not touch the ground i'm pretty close to that well really they do touch the ground but barely because of the just the arch of my foot like if he's just standing there just flat-footed and just standing his toes do not touch the ground yeah, they're that, the oddest pretty bad. and he can flex his toes to where they are is the term perpendicular? Like they're at a 90 degree angle. Ooh. Like it, he can flex them and they'll just be pointing straight up. The oh, weirdest wow. looking foot I've ever seen. So that's the opposite of me. I can barely move except for my big toe. I can barely move my toes. And I don't know if this is the same thing, but, and I don't think this is super unusual, but all my toes, except for my big toe, or I guess it's my three middle ones. This is super interesting. <laughs> my three middle toes are curled. Like, just the way they're jointed so like they're always pointing down a little bit so it's just that makes my feet even cooler the uh the 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 pinky not the pinky the ring finger of my toes on both feet uh yeah no not my right one just my left one i broke it when i was a kid and so it's like bent it's bent down at the knuckle oh yeah Uh, I think so mine are just jointed that way. Yeah. Cause yes, both feet. Yeah. If you look at my foot, yeah. To look at that one toe, it's, it's pretty disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Like you would think I've had arthritis for 70 years in that toe if you looked at it, but yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely. Toes are not pretty in the first place, generally, no. unless you have certain fetishes that go along with that. Unless you're Mike Delisio, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely kept my shoes on until I was married. Didn't want to break that deal. But. <laughs> she never knew. Never knew. Did she, she try to back know. out? She still doesn't know. She wears socks every day. I'm a never nude. <laughs> He's always got socks on. Yeah. I always wear socks. But oh, no, that's, that's you want to know how bad it is. Like, I don't get any sympathy even at home. One of the things my podiatrist told me, which I hate that I even can say that I have a podiatrist, but welcome to old people talking. Go yes. ahead. Welcome to old people 101. Oh, by the way, uh, check out the cardboard cave only fans for pictures of mine. God, <laughs> um, but I started wearing shoes inside the house. Like I got shoes just to wear inside. Cause he basically said you should never be barefoot because it just makes it worse. Um, grief. and so when I'm wearing like these big, ugly, <laughs> big, ugly black sneakers <laughs> that I ordered, <laughs> ordered from orthofeet.com. <laughs> My wife made you fun are of one me. cool guy with them shoes on. I bet. Oh, yeah, she made fun of me so much. <laughs> like, why are you wearing those down here? We're like on the couch, Netflix and chill, you know. Like, why are you wearing those? <laughs> my feet you, hurt. Got your big old shoes on. <laughs> Get off my back, woman. <laughs> you know, you. I went to school. Unfortunately, I mean, not these. There was a couple of kids that had issues, and one girl had. She had. uh I, we never called it anything other than club foot. I don't even know what that is. Yeah. But her feet were misshapen. And like, I'm literally gesturing, forgetting that my camera's not working. But <laughs> like her feet were just like curled up. They were big and fat, but they were all curled up and kind of gnarled. Oh, yeah. And she came to school barefoot all the time because she didn't have any shoes that fit her. And so. Oh, wow. It's oh. It was just super sad because. On the one hand, I'm like, oh, gross. But on the other <laughs> hand, you feel sorry for her because it's like uh, you knew that she was uh, in high school just facing endless amounts oh, of ridicule. Yeah. So it was awful. Fortunately, I think for the most part, people were nice to her. But her feet were really weird looking. And I remember seeing them because she would come barefoot to the fo- It was just super sad. That's a bad situation when you've got feet you probably don't want to show off, and then you have to come barefoot. Yeah, there's like I think I think maybe by her her senior year she finally found somebody that would make shoes. But even the shoes, like you're talking about, they were super weird. Oh yeah, so like you know something's going on. Well, something I've realized because I have never particularly cared about shoes too much. You know, once I got past the age where you couldn't have those light up shoes anymore, I never really cared. Um, But at work, people like fetish about these that's not the right word but they have shoe fetishes like it's super common and so i started feeling kind of self-conscious wearing these ortho feet shoes like (laughs) i thought nobody paid attention to my feet i honestly thought that because i don't most of the time no but then i came okay so i got desperate i ordered a pair of crocs which i've always thought were oh wow kind of are what they are but amazon had these white and i'm talking like snow white uh, Crocs made specifically for nurses or people in the hospital. Yeah. Um, and they were on sale for like 25 bucks. I'm like, okay, I'm going to try it. Some people swear by them. Um, and everybody stopped me just to either humiliate me or <laughs> politely jab or call me on my really white shoes. 
And it really made me feel self-conscious because now I was when I wear these old ratty, nasty looking shoes. People are also comment or thinking about it probably. Because <laughs> uh, I have always, so I wear out the bottom at the heel or especially at the ball of my foot. And I have a perfect hole in every pair of my shoes, like where my pinky toe goes and where my big toe goes. I don't know what it is, but the way like I at walk. the top of the shoe? The top of the shoe and the side of the shoe where the pinky is. <laughs> wow. Because like, that's just the way it works. And that's so where that, that's where that toenail's kicking it. Yep. All my shoes, all my shoes get holes there super quick. So anyways, my shoes look terrible. Um, I remember mom, yeah. she had, uh, she had to have special shoes too, just cause her feet always hurt, but that was because we come from a family of morbidly obese people, but she wore these, we would go to Dallas and go to these S A S stores. And I don't know what that stands for, but they were all this, they were black shoes with like extra <laughs> cushioning. And yeah. I laugh, I, we would always laugh cause we're like mama special shoes. She got them special shoes on. And now that I'm a, a large, older man myself, I'm telling Gina, my wife, I'm like, I'm going to end up going to the SAS store and get me some of them black <laughs> shoes. Like, mom. <laughs> I don't understand why, just because they're special shoes, they have to look special. <laughs> <laughs> they can't be cool. Where's the yeah. neon colors? Can we throw some color on here? Do they got to yeah, be really. all black? Let me see if I can find you. Go to orthofeet.com. And I know this is really orthofeet.com. Cool. Yeah. Well, that tells me all I need to know. Right <laughs> and you know how I found them? It's because of like uh, targeted advertising. Somehow, Facebook and everything <laughs> figured it out. They knew what you were doing. They're like, maybe I should check it out. And they got like thousands of five star reviews. But I think that's just bogus. They're just like any other shoes on my feet. I wore them out super quick. And now I'm walking around in the OR just with one. Are you shoes. sure your shoes aren't SAS shoes? Because I'm looking at the brand? website. It says SAS shoes are the best if you have foot problems. I think it's a brand, and I'm trying to figure out what. My God, I wish my camera worked. Well, SAS, that's what I need to look up next, probably. I don't know Let's what see. that stands for, but it's got to stand for something. Me and I for... sneakers, casual, probably sneakers work. There we go. I just really want you to see the shoes just so you know how cool I am. Yeah, that's them. They're just a. Uh... Actually, that's better than mine. No, they must have been breathing. <laughs> Those are cooler than yours? Yeah, let's see. I mean, this is kind of what they look like, but honestly, mine are worse. Just very nondescript black shoes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Looks My, super good. Splash a little color on there. Yep. I don't understand. But it costs too much <laughs> to put color on there. <laughs> but, Gobby, what was your other game with the weird box size or shape? Speaking of board games, speaking of board games, uh, this wasn't a weird sh- I, the the forbidden games like Forbidden Desert, Forbidden Island. Yeah, I almost put that, yeah, because of the tin and those tins yeah. don't fit nowhere. Nope, they don't fit on the shelf. They're the Forbidden uh, Island one is like weirdly shaped. Yeah, yeah, it's not even square. And it's like, what? And yes, they look nice. I guess if you want to have it sitting all by itself, but nobody does. Nope. You want to put it on the shelf for the rest of the games. And the tin, the tin doesn't, they're like the bottom of the tin is indented. So it, it's just, those are, that's a poor design. Just make yeah. them on a box like everything else. They're trying to stand out. And actually, I don't even hear people talk about the Forbidden Games anymore. I don't know if they're out of style, better things have been made, but forbidden needs to come back out redesign 
uh, come out with a new co-op that's good. I, I, I like them. I like the They're Forbidden really Island good. one. Oh, yeah. The Forbidden Island's an excellent intro. Forbidden Desert, also very enjoyable, but yeah. they're not talked about anymore because other co-op games have come out, and they need to go back to the design room, get a good box, and come out with a, yeah. a new Forbidden game. Oh, the last one was that. Uh, I didn't play the last one. Forbidden Sky. That might be what killed it off a little bit. Yeah, Forbidden Sky kind of got bad reviews. I did not play it. Uh, and I and you heard, know what? I think it came in a cardboard box. Maybe that's the problem. Did it really? Yeah, I think so. I so wrong, okay, but... so I could be wrong upon my advice for you for yeah. games, but uh, I did not play Forbidden Sky. I I, I heard from mm. there's a somebody I think a listener of the show. I may it may have been Giuseppe, like he played it, and but it's just like hmm, it didn't really do it. Did but I really up? liked Forbidden De- Desert. I liked that one. I liked the way the, the sands shifted. Yes. It was, I was very gonna clever. Ask, I was going to ask if you played Forbidden Desert much, because I played it a couple times, and I'm like, this is a really good game. Like, I love the way the sands yeah. shifted. That was very oh, yeah. clever. Uh, but then after that, I think maybe Forbidden Sky kind of did kill it, because I yeah. have heard nothing from that line of games. Yeah, I just don't think they needed to make a third one. You know what's really infuriating, though, is like you were saying, Forbidden Desert didn't even have the same shape of 10 as Forbidden Island, so you can't exactly. even stack them together. <laughs> exactly. The same uh, same uh, company. You can't even stack them. You know what, though? I think those two games might be the best value in board gaming to this day that I can think of. Because Forbidden Island was like 15 bucks when it came out. <clears throat> As mm-hmm. beautiful artwork. It looks great. <clears throat> Sorry, I got a frog in my throat all of a sudden. Forbidden Desert, it, it's got enough going on. I think it's... I think Forbidden Desert is every bit the game that Pandemic is, and I know that's blasphemy to some people, but no, I, think, I, I, yeah. I, I would, I prefer Forbidden Desert to Pandemic. I yeah. just don't like the Pandemic. I guess it's the whole it's a pandemic mechanism the way those that deck of cards yeah. is set up to where you know you draw a card, draw a card, and then you get hit with something. But I mean, Forbidden Desert does that; they use that, but it feels I, more. I, I prefer, yeah. Yeah, I prefer Forbidden Desert to Pandemic any day. Actually, my favorite co-op, which I don't like co-ops, but out of them, <laughs> the one I don't that like we, co-ops. Here's my top ten. <laughs> we don't play a lot of co-ops because me and Jerry don't like to co- cooperate. We like I, to I can believe that <laughs> compete and argue. Uh, but is the uh, the one where everything's on fire? The fire one. Yes, that was really good. Uh, Flashpoint. Flashpoint. Yep. And Jerry has that, I think, because he's a fireman, so it was near yeah. near to his heart. And he painted the minis, and he bought like the expansion, oh, cool. and it was really and like I like that game. Yeah, and that one to me is the top, like out of all of them. Uh, yeah. He, yeah, he even had Police Precinct. We never played it. I think he played it solo. But uh, I'm just we're just not co-op people. But if you do co-op, Forbidden, no. <laughs> Forbidden Fires, what'd you say? Flashpoint Fire Rescue. Flashpoint Fire Rescue is yep. the one to get. It is so thematic. That, that's one of the most, as far as what you're doing, feeling like it makes sense to the firefighting thing, I can't think of a more thematic game, honestly, I've ever played. It's super thematic. Um, and the way the fires spread, like the diseases and pandemic, but it makes so much more sense. Yeah. But yeah, my number one is uh, not even a game I've played <laughs> this decade probably but there can't be a number another number one because i don't think there's ever been a weirder box shape i hesitate to call it a box it's bang 
the bullet. Oh yeah. The it's a giant metal bullet. Um, that's what it is. And Bang was a card game uh that's it's been so long since I played it, but it's a very take that card game. There's deduction. You're trying to figure out who's the sheriff, who's the deputy, uh, who's, you know, different characters. The dice game is better, just FYI. I was going to say, I don't think there's much reason to play the card game anymore, honestly. Um, hence, I haven't played it in 10 years. But my brother got this. I never actually owned this. And it was basically a revised and improved version of Bang and a bunch of expansions thrown together in this cylinder with a metal bullet top that was completely impractical no organization from what i remember anyways like how can how can a cylinder be a good shape for a bunch of cards it's (laughs) but it looked like a bullet so it was so cool a time capsule yeah exactly um these days i would probably just play bang the dice game because it's super quick or i will say though that I kind of prefer that kind of deduction game, especially like Bang the Dice game, where there's still a game to it. It's still basically like a Yahtzee-style game, you know? Um, I prefer that over a game that's just a social deduction and there's really no game to it. So, um, I, yeah. I really like Bang the Dice game. I really enjoyed it. It was yeah. uh, for that social deduction, trying to figure out who's the renegade, who's the bad guys, and everybody's trying to act like they're with the sheriff. And, yeah. and you're I, shooting everybody anyways. We had one game of that. I, we never played the bunch. I had the dice game, and, and I we played it oh, probably three or four times. And of those three or four times, we had the right crowd. And this one guy, one buddy of mine, was really into it. And yeah. all of these, uh, like most games, but this one in particular, having him really into it, like yeah. just made the game and made it thematic oh, yeah. and all this stuff. So, so many of these deduction games fall flat if you're not oh, yeah. in, into it. And it's just like, blah, blah, blah. That's why I'm, I think my favorite deduction game of all time is social deduction is mafia because you can have a large group of people, an infinite amount of people actually, uh, and then just set it up. And then even if some people are sucking at it, because inevitably you have one person that just never says nothing the whole game. Yeah. Like they're just (laughs) super quiet. Like, okay, thanks for contributing to the game atmosphere. But generally with Mafia, if you have enough people, you have at least two or three people that are really into it, and they just power the game. They keep everybody involved. They're asking questions. They're making everybody laugh and all this type of stuff. And uh, and Bang, I think it played, I don't know how many people it went up to, at least eight probably? I think it was eight, yeah. And so, you know, at least out of eight people, surely, I mean, you, me and you and the people that are into gaming are going to try to make it thematic. So you're always doing lots of talking and questioning and all that. And if you have at least one other person that can get in there and jive with you along the theme, then you're good to go. What what I figured out real quick playing that game is, yeah, if you're not playing with that group that cares about the social deduction part at all, it does fall apart because it's not very hard to figure out who people are. If they're just rolling the dice and doing what makes sense. <laughs> yeah. It's not much of a game, but yeah, but yeah, it really does work well. If, if you got the right group, <clears throat> um, you made me think of something else. Uh, I almost put those book games, uh, uh, Bristol, 1350 Tortuga. Oh yeah. Salem yeah. game. 
we've I, only played uh i think we played tortuga yeah that's the social deduction game that's when i played once we had a great time and then i tried it again it was just a bummer yeah. it just really depends on the people and then this <laughs> the uh bristol 1350 now there's a game that's a total waste of time if you don't play it with people who are willing to have some fun because all the game is is a race it's you're supposed to, you're a play gridden you're a cart full of plague ridden people and you're kicking other plague ridden people off the cart because you can't have anybody on your cart that has the plague when you get to the finish line or you all die together. And so you're kicking people off the cart constantly just being a jerk. It's one of those games that sounds so great, but it only is if you're playing with people who just want to have fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, if people take it too seriously, you can't play it. But that was our very succinct and definitive list of games with weird box sizes and shapes. Um, I, I think I've realized there's really no upside to a weird box size or shape, except maybe like Red Cathedral, where there's a you feel like you got a great value because they pack so much in there. Oh, but, along that idea, I, 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 Red Cathedral was in this group, like the Garfield games, the Raiders games. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The way Garfield, they're just these little square boxes, and they do like that's a oh, yeah. good size, and they pack every. There's a lot of stuff in that little square box. And I had that on my list. I was like, Garfield games, even a, it's not a Raiders game, but the Circadian's First Light is the same size. And like, that is just. Oh, is it? Oh, wow. It's an, of, that game. it's an efficient sized box. And I like that. Yeah. I just have Raiders of the North Sea, but it is jam packed. Um, yeah. That's a great choice. That's, that's right there with the Red Cathedral. And I can't think of too many more. I know there are others. But no, oh. I was saying Red Cathedral is like that size. Uh, there's not many that packs like like you said. Most people go the other route. They want to yeah. oversize it to make it all oh, look. At, especially these, uh, we played this Yido Deluxe Master Set. Huge box doesn't even need to be that big. <laughs> like there's a lot of stuff in it. Does not need to be that big. It's got that big old fat box like Barrage, except it's a big square. Uh, you know, like Twilight Imperium size boxes. I don't even know. We have that. I don't even know if that's necessary, but I can't even fit yeah. it on one of the shelves hardly. Uh, Anachrony, it's a huge box, but if you got the minis and stuff, you, it's required, so that's acceptable. The ones that get me are the super long ones. Yeah, like, there's nothing it's to do sticking with that. Out, it's sticking out of the shelf further than everything else. Not necessary. Nope. I have a game called China. It's, uh, it's a pretty popular game for a while, but it's... Uh, it's like an abstract strategy game. I think Web of Power is what it was originally called. <clears throat> but it's a flat, I'm talking half an inch thick, a flat, like flat pizza box. <laughs> There's nowhere to store it. It's not even a big game, but it's such a weird shape. And I should have included that probably. Because, um, yeah, there's nowhere to store it. It's just a flat, long box. Mm-hmm. So I was going to show you, you. So go ahead. I just, speaking of huge boxes that I've never played, did you ever play Mex and Minions? Do you have Mex and Minions? I have Mexican Minions, and I am very close to pulling it out and playing it for the first time because I watched Arcane on Netflix, uh, which is based on League of Legends, which I know nothing about. But I have Mexican Minions, which is also based on Leagues of Legends. League of oh, Legends. Oh, okay. So it's kind of got me interested in that world again. I just remember them talking about the size of that box, and it's huge, but there's not hardly anything wasted. It's packed to the brim and i remember that game was massive yes 
five years ago now. <laughs> yes. And, and, and you, don't I, hear, you hear nothing yep. about it no more. So maybe I should do a cardboard cave all about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is it irrelevant? Expect a cardboard cave episode. Yes. No, that that's a game that I got because frankly, I'm like, how can I not get this? It was, if you didn't overpay for it, I think it was seventy nine ninety nine. Yeah. And it is too. Now, granted, it was technically a waste of $80 because I've not played it, but it's easily $200 worth of components. And I'm not yeah. exaggerating. I mean, pre-painted giant miniatures. I mean, it's fantastic. I wanted to I wanted to buy it for that very reason. Yeah. But we didn't. And like, but I and I was like, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, hey, and I asked you, I said, have you heard anybody talking about mix and minions lately? Because it was just like it came in with a bang and then yeah. like a lot of board gaming stuff. I mean, it's just more the hobby is just full of what's hot at this very moment. And then yeah. there's so many few things that last Oh yeah. and, and to bring it back, to bring your game back into the zeitgeist, you got to come out with expansions nonstop, like yeah. terraforming Mars, Yeah. which I bought this terraforming Mars Ares expedition and, I feel like that just might kill it for me because I like Terraforming Mars for the solo, the card play. We've complained endlessly about the card play and Terraforming Mars <laughs> and how ridiculous it is. They should have staged it. And I told we had this discussion the other day. I don't know if it's their pride or what, but they've come out with, what, four expansions for that game? Three at least. For terraforming Mars, you got there's Venus, you got colonies, Prelude, colonies, and I don't know if there's anything else. There is another one. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's another one. So they've yeah. come out with three expansions, none of which, to my knowledge, fix the massive card problem. Like they need to stage the cards. They should have done like underwater cities and done yeah. era one, era two, era three. Now, sure, you can get a card when you draw it. And realize, oh, this is when I have this amount of whatever. I I can't use this until way later in the game. But then you discard it. But you then you lose it upon discarding. Yeah. And that's frustrating because you might want that later on. Anyway, it was a whole discussion. But I was like, why didn't they fix that? They could have fixed that. Some games realize, oh, hey, we messed up here. Let's <laughs> fix it with this expansion. They never have. But. I didn't buy all the, exp I brought the prelude just because that starts you off with more crap soon. Yeah. And I bought it and I think I've used it two times solo and haven't played it in a good long while, but I, I'm looking forward to this Ares expedition because everybody says it's like a mixture of Mars and race for the galaxy. So I, I huh. think I might like it better, but that's that, uh, completely unrelated to anything we're talking about. <laughs> no, I, I did. I was very tempted by it because I saw it in target. And the reason I did pick it up is because I don't want anything to kill Terraforming Mars for me because <clears throat> I've not played it a ton. So, uh, like, I, I don't really play any of my games a ton, which I think helps sometimes to not, like, for the problems to not get too frustrating. But Kurt, who I've mentioned for my Christmas gift, I guess it was last year, um, he 3D printed, like, all the pieces for Terraforming Mars for me. And it's awesome. It's beautiful. Yeah. So, like, I don't want to not like that game because it's so pretty well, when I pull it out. I, I, and I told you, I was like, I feel like it's almost going to become kind of like that Warhammer 40K. It's like how how massive you can make it with the miniatures and the terrain and stuff. And I think almost that's part of Terraforming Mars now is the terrain, like getting the terrain, having the terrain, creating it, painting it. 
And that yeah. does like I love all that crap. I, don't get me yeah. wrong. I mean, I buy into it. Like, and I <laughs> bought some. I bought some stuff thinking it would look cooler. It was like for the oceans and for the trees. And basically, all it was, I got ripped off. All it was was a like these blue. Uh, what's that shape? Oct with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Octagon. octagon. Yeah. Well, these octagon shaped pieces that were just solid blue and solid green and those were the oceans oh <laughs> and they look worse than the actual game stuff and i was oh, like well, i just i i messed up on that one <laughs> but i would i would love to have the 3d terrain but i don't like i i like form terraformar solo as a multiplayer game every game i've ever played is like three hours long <clears throat> i and, actually think it's kind of ideal as a two-player game if you're going to play multiplayer, because any more than that, it's going to be three hours. It is ridiculously <clears throat> long. And yeah. it's one of those games. I feel like it's one of those games that like you do more collecting for all the crap for the game. than what makes the game worth it? The overhead. God, that can happen so much. And that's just a, that could be its own episode. The, <clears throat> well, that's the fear our of next episode. Yeah, fear of missing out. Just <laughs> got to buy all the stuff. Uh, yeah. But Speaking of things that aren't huge or bloated, here for reference is a cola can. And here's the... Virgils? Yeah. And is here's that a, root beer? This is a cola. It's a zero sugar cola because I'm trying to not be completely unhealthy. Oh, okay. <clears throat> um, I drink mostly zero sugar stuff, but it's monster drinks and that probably doesn't help any. <laughs> so, <laughs> health, health topic. Uh, I've never drank those energy drinks because I, I know I have a high heart rate. I know I have high blood pressure. I just feel like that can't be a good combination. But in the cafeteria, I work of all places, they don't really have good options. Because like just straight Diet Coke, I think is, I don't know. I just don't enjoy it for the most part. But they have Mountain Dew. I don't know if you've seen this. Mountain Dew has a new energy drink. And it's only like 20 calories. And it's got some actual fruit juice in it. Very, oh. very low sugar yeah. a hint of orange a hint of orange yeah <laughs> and it's amazing it's flavors that are like flavors i would have designed like oh, it's okay. mango peach and uh, uh wild raspberry oh it's it's better than your usual mountain dew flavors <laughs> it's not like freedom burst no, it's better than <laughs> freedom burst. like passion fruit just different flavors um and the thing is they're really delicious like an energy drink is not supposed to taste that good yeah but uh, anyway so that could get me in trouble but these virgils i don't know if they even sell them all over the country it's kind of a small thing but they use stevia so there's no artificial sweeteners it's just stevia yeah they're like kind of organic or yeah they're way right? way overpriced but anyways <clears throat> that's not what i was showing you i was showing you the deck of hanafuda cards oh okay uh, sorry, I got distracted with the Virgils can because <laughs> I like Virgils. Like the the Virgils oh, has that. a okay. soda, and I've had the Virgils uh, cane soda. Oh yeah, it's delicious. Uh, have like, you had the black like cherry? Any, it's, it's strong. I, I'm not a big black cherry fan because to me the black cherry flavoring is like they're emulating Dr Pepper, and you just can't do that. It is a little medicinal too, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I, I just prefer any cola or soda just yeah. the og soda flavoring Wait. virgils and boylan's they're like a they're the other big i usually i only find these like at world market around here so you've had virgils regular cola because i've not found that anywhere 
I've only yeah. found zero sugar and it's hard to find. No, the Virgil's oh. regular is really good. See, I've only had, they have like root beer, orange, black cherry around here. <clears throat> huh. Before I became a full-blown alcoholic and was searching out right. beers and whiskeys, I was into microbrewed sodas. Yeah, that's the kind oh. of nerd I am. Because I was a big Dr. Pepper guy. And then I discovered the uh, the sugar Dr. Pepper is made from Dublin, Texas, which were the Dublin oh. Dr. Peppers that have the real sugar in them. And they don't have the lingering flavor of the high fructose corn syrup. Like it's just a, it's just a much better Dr. Pepper. And then you have the Mexican Coca-Colas that have just straight sugar in them. But anything that I can find that says, uh, you know, sugar cane colas or sodas, I'm all about it. And Virgil's, yeah. uh, usually I find those at Whole Foods or there's another one around here that's like Whole Foods, but it's not Whole Foods, like Central Market or something. In the Texas, in the Dallas area, you have Whole Foods there. That's like worldwide, right? Or at oh, least yeah. nationwide. Yeah, we've done like gross taste testing on Retro Bliss, like crickets and weird stuff. No. UK, you know, English foods. I, I think market. they have, I think they have, uh, it, well, at Whole Foods, I think they have, that's where I got my Virgil's soda. Well, see, my brother's always the one picking this stuff up and making us eat it. So I'm going to have to go myself then. <laughs> Derek. Uh, yes, Derek. I know can use his name. You know who he is now. You know him. I was just going to show you these because this is an audio podcast and it's good to use video. Yeah. Um, but so this is actually Nintendo. This is Napoleon. Can you deck. take it out of the box? I want to see. Oh, yeah. I just want to show you the boxes. The boxes very are small. plastic. Yeah. Very small. Um, and they have like different qualities. And the Napoleon one's like a premium one. But the cards are just little tiles with different art on them. Mm-hmm. And uh, they clank. Here, I'll drop them. Yeah, let me do it on microphone. There. Uh huh. Yeah, I hear it. Yeah, they're just. Uh, What's the game? I I play it on computer a lot, but it's a. I don't. I, I hate. To oh, like wrong. mahjong. 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 Yeah. See, I've not played mahjong. I've wanted to, but it definitely reminds. But they me have of like this. they have like those domino style, yeah, real thick, and I love just that for the the text textile nature of it. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm the same way. Yep. Well, so <laughs> that was a very sprawling episode of Cardboard Cave, <laughs> which is only fair because it's been 18 months since it's been one, or however long it's been. I'm your new co-host, Gabby Moraga. Hey, if you want to be, it'll uh, it'll it'll be uh, tune I'm in next bother week. Putting one in, yeah. So, For so top five. I want to do a daily podcast. We're going to tune in every day, <laughs> and it'll be like top five desk kit packets and board games just whatever we can come up with sounds good to me i love podcasting even when i'm terrible at it i don't know why i enjoy it because there's nothing i and this is true there's very little i hate more in this life than talking on the phone (laughs) oh me too i hate it charday's always calling me i'm like why are you calling me i text me or I'll see you in real person and I don't want to talk to you on the phone. I don't. Yeah. I just hate talking on the phone. And what is this? This is a recorded phone call. <laughs> <laughs> this is a recorded phone call, audio visual, except yeah. my camera's not working. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just about because we get to well, talk about whatever. It's because we get to talk about whatever and we'll get to listen to it again later. And Speaking of whatever, unless you want to go, 
No. Uh, are you watching? Do you watch Hawkeye or any of the Marvel stuff? Have you watched anything I've, good lately? I've watched most of the Marvel stuff except Hawkeye, and my friends are talking about it so much. Johnny and my friend Tim. It's I've, not I've that great. To, oh, really? It's not that great. Because <laughs> all they're uh, doing is hopping it up. <laughs> I just, I mean, it's. I I really like the girl, uh, Haley Steinfeld, Jeremy Renner. I could, I just can't stand Jeremy Renner. I don't know why. I just kind of get the feeling that he's yeah. a douche in real life. <laughs> and like Hawkeye, the character is just nothing. I mean, it's Robin Hood. He's Robin Hood. And he's an Avenger. When yeah. you got, that's why I said, it said you got a guy with a bow and arrow. When you have Iron Man flying around in like a, 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 a otherworldly technology suit. But here's a guy with a bow and arrow. Let's focus <laughs> on him. It makes no sense to me. Yeah. But uh, but the girl makes it interesting, Haley Steinfeld, and she's enjoyable. And me and Charday watch it together, and it's it's a fine show. And the other show we're watching is Lost in Space. It's three seasons long. Yes, this is supposed to be the last season. I hated it the first season. The boy irritated <laughs> me. Yeah, but he's like a freaking grown man now. He's like sixteen and super tall. It's oh wow! Strange. He went from irritating boy to like tall teenager. And uh, he is actually, he's not terrible anymore. Uh, wow. But I, I like, I just love space. Oh, like yeah, me shows too. and anything sci-fi. And so we, we only watched the first episode so far, but I'm enjoying Lost so, in Space and Hawkeye. So we watched the first two seasons and we're, I pretty much had the same feelings, but ended up really enjoying it because <clears throat> it's in space, you know, and pretty well made. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's good, good graphics. Oh, yeah, real good. We were super excited about season three, and we just started, I think it's the night before last, hit play on season three, like, yes, it's finally here. And we're like, holy crap, it's been a long time since we've seen this. I don't remember what happened. <laughs> yeah. And so we stopped it. <laughs> we stopped it. We're going to have to go back and rewatch some. What are they doing all by themselves? I totally forgot they ended up on this separate planet and all this. Like, oh, man. So well, yeah, we're gonna have to go back and rewatch some. The first episode has this oh, one particular. I gotta plug my computer in. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, it's it's giving me a warning light. <laughs> Talk about um something <laughs> non-related. Yeah, whatever. Uh, well, actually, I have to use the bathroom extremely right now, but because I've been drinking throughout this whole episode. Uh, but he doesn't know that because my camera's off. So I fired up Zoom. It did this update. And for some reason, my camera from my computer is not even in the Zoom options. So I've been doing this whole episode without Trevor can't see me, which is fortunate for him, but I can see him. But it's irritating me because I'm wanting to know why is my camera not on here? And so it's just I've been obsessing over it and trying to find out why that is, but it's just not working. I'm talking about my camera not working. Oh. But, uh, uh, <laughs> So Lost in Space, there's a particular scene in the newest, the episode one of the new season. They use these updrafts of heat or something to fly up to this certain peak on this mountain. And it's the most ridiculous thing you'll see. Like completely fake. They're usually like, they tear apart their tent to make these like wing suits so they can fly up to the, <laughs> it is so stupid. Wow. It's so stupid. But I, I like the, I like the redheaded girl and I don't, the daughter. Yeah. I like her. Uh, and I like the parents and I like the robot. Yeah. I and, pretty much agree. 
<laughs> and the boy is growing on me. The <clears> oldest <throat> daughter, that's like the adopted daughter, sh- something about her just gets on my nerves. I don't know what it is, but he's anyway. trying too hard to be. She's trying too, too cool hard. Yeah. But she did make these those escape room movies. Have you seen those? She's like no. the star. And it's literally about like she goes to this escape room to find out this escape room is instead of just getting out, like you need to get out to survive. Like people die in uh. this escape room. There it's it's a B grade movie, super cheap, but highly entertaining, at least the first one. You need to watch it. Escape room. And she's like the main character. Have it's you, like so it's not like Saul because that's I think that kind of no I, I was about to say it's like a PG version of Saul. Okay, <laughs> it's with these kids that go into the escape room and they do die. I mean, yeah. it's they whittle it down, but it's it's a good it's a good solid enjoyable mm-hmm. highly entertaining B grade movie. Cool. <clears throat> no, what uh, we've not watched this is our this is our few acres of yeah. rubbish. Yeah, a few acres of rubbish. We'll steal everything. Cardboard Cave is anything. It's like the buffet. You just come up. The first Although, couple episodes were just me trying to talk about games. Now it's just whatever. <laughs> ben, uh, ben was on our show and I put, put out, posted on our Facebook group that everything he said was a load of guff. And I said, load of guff. That needs to be the name of a podcast or at least a section of a podcast. So this is your load of guff section. Nice. I like it. So yeah, if you came for the board games, well, you probably came for the wrong episode, but you can also tune out now. <clears throat> Because there is a couple things. We, my wife and I, she uh, she really, she didn't know she enjoyed sci-fi. But thanks to me, she generally does. So I could do something right with my life, thankfully. But so we've enjoyed um, Lost in Space. And well, we watched the original Star Trek series. But here lately, <laughs> here lately, we rewatched through all, I think it's 11 seasons of Frasier. So that was oh, wow. something we did with our lives. Um, Toss salad and scrambled eggs. Exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, I still think it's a funny show, even if some things are maybe a little dated. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love Frazier. I yeah. love Kelsey Grammer. Still and Niles. It. Niles was oh, my yeah. mom's favorite character, and he's just so yes. neurotic. Yeah. Kelsey Grammer and Niles, and I, not David Fisher. Why did I say David Fisher? Whatever that actor's name is are honestly i think they're brilliant in that show like i think people forget how good they were absolutely love niles his character Mm -hmm. but after we finished that uh we started seinfeld and i've not seen seinfeld since i was i just watched episodes here and there when i was young like a teenager um the first couple seasons are super short and honestly i was like i don't know does this show not age well or maybe i mean i wasn't hating it but i was like maybe it's not as good as people think it is but at a certain point they flip a switch and like the kind of the thing about the show you know is that the characters are very self-centered broken people and they never really grow or learn or get better <laughs> <laughs> and at some point it's like at the end of season two they really up the ante and just they go full bore with that concept and we're really loving it now like it's just it is Oh, yeah. it is hilarious. I have seen probably every Seinfeld season at least three times. Oh, like yeah. I, that's one of my all time. It's my all time favorite sitcom. It's just, and it, it's an evergreen because it doesn't like they're. I mean, it looks old because it is from the eighties and early nineties, but the humor is just is still hits. Yeah, yeah, and it's like you don't know why because 
well, like Seinfeld himself, it doesn't go to extreme. It doesn't go to the extremes that some shows now do, but it's just funny. And it's, and I think it works because it's not topical. No, it's not. Like it's just, it just, it doesn't focus on any issues of the day. It focuses on like how humans act in certain situations for the most part and how selfish, like Seinfeld is selfish in episodes and acts the certain ways in episodes, how you would like to act, but you know better than to act. Yeah. I read a interview or might've even been a podcast with him on it. And they were asking him about Seinfeld and like, what did he think made it the hit it was? And, you know, he, he basically said that the thing they did differently and the reason he doesn't do shows now, like that was his show and he's done with it is because they just wrote every episode to be as funny as it could be. They weren't concerned about, you know, kind of where things would end up or the past or whatever. It was just, writing situations just writing comedy that's really what it was and so there was like no politics on the set it was just how can you fit as much funny material in the one episode as possible and that really is what the show is like and each episode is just kind of about nothing (laughs) i mean basically but yeah uh anyways but the to i think kind of answer your original question what hot new show am i watching and apparently this is like the most popular show ever on Netflix. So I'm not telling you anything new, Squid but Games. no, I still not watched that. Have you watched that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to. It's pretty rough. Well, and I also kind of shy away from things that like everybody talks about. I didn't realize everybody was talking about this show, uh, but arcane. Have you watched arcane? I have not. I could care less about uh, League of Legends. I still have no interest at Me all too. in the game. I don't even know what it is. I don't either. Like, I had to look it up. Is it, I, I don't think it's an MMO. I think it's like a, I don't know, like a dungeon crawler. I still don't know. <laughs> but the show, you had parts that were a little, there are parts that are trying so hard to be cool. And I just have a radar for that kind of thing. Like, if you're trying to be cool to me, or trying to sell me on something, I turn off really quick. <laughs> but it is a legitimately cool show. It uh, The animation is just, the characters are so expressive for animation. Like it's, you would almost swear they're like uh, uh, digitally redone faces, but it actually is just animation. It's just really good. The cityscape is just gorgeous. Um, it, it's a pretty cool show. And I see right now, <laughs> and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this because he doesn't know how honest I am. Gobby just sent a message that he's peeing and he'll be back shortly. And here I am squirming in my chair, like I've, I'm about to bust. And I just wish I had a urinal right now because we've been going for over two hours. So when he comes back, I want to tell him that I got to go pee, and uh, that'll be the end of the show. So this has been a great episode. I have to say of cardboard cave. If you care nothing about board games. Um, and if Gobby were here, I would tell him that I'm very thankful for him being on the show. And, um, we'll be back. Apparently Gobby's willing to be back. So that's great. I'm seriously about to pee myself. I can't even think straight right now. Um, I think I had to pee when I sat down. This is great podcasting. Fantastic. 
I just really need Gobby to come back so I can tell him that I have to go pee and then I'll see him next time. But in the meantime, stay tuned for another top five list or top 10, just depending. Um, I'll pick another topic. We'll have at it. And uh, if Gobby wants to be back, that sounds great to me. And uh, let's see, anything else? Any closing business? Check us out on our Facebook page. There's only a handful of you on there, but I would love to start posting more, you know, games and stuff on there. But until <laughs> until there's more than a handful of people on there, I don't really see a point in it. But hey, check us out on Facebook if you care to. I'm also on Instagram. Um, again, I don't post much on there, but I'll start. Hey, Gobby, welcome back. I was just telling everybody, wow. I was telling everybody that I got to go because as your message pop up, I'm, I'm about to bust. I've got to pee so bad. <laughs> and then I saw your message pop up, and that's pretty much all I've talked about um, is how much I have to pee. But I was telling everybody how great it was you were on here, and if you want to be on again, that sounds great to me. We'll come up with another Always. top list. That sounds I awesome. love podcasting. Sweet. I'm a podcast whore. I will go wherever I'm needed. Well, I will bring my protection and have Gobby <laughs> on next time. <laughs> Family friendly. Five dollars. <laughs> I don't have they a major me. Afford that. <laughs> um, but thanks for coming, Gobby. I already told everybody how great you are and check out board game snobs. And I gotta go pee. So we'll see you next time on Cardboard Cave. Sounds good. See you later.